Stupid Hearts Club is yours to enjoy for free wherever you get your podcasts. But if you've fallen deeply in love with the show, or me, even though that's a bit weird because we've never met, then you might want to consider supporting the show via patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club for about five or a month you can indulge in your sick little fantasy that i am your very own little audio husband friend without ever having to deal with the fact that in real life i leave socks and half drunk glasses of water everywhere either way i'm very happy you're here so please enjoy the show that have become the furniture of my life. Well, they've shut up now, haven't they? After just fucking bleating on for the last two hours. Now I've queued them up. They are not talking. Come on, seagulls. There they are. Can you hear them? Can you hear my neighbours? Right, the guy that lives above me <clears throat> Let's on to me, friendly enough. Plays a bit of guitar and then taps the floor like a beat, which is a bit annoying, but I appreciate what he's doing. He's just trying to keep the tempo going. So I can't be mad at him. But then he started also um, playing some sort of weird little, what sounds like a sort of Peruvian flute of some sort and um, it's not pretty I'm wondering whether there's two people up there or is he playing the guitar and blowing this weird little panpipe thing it's hard to tell whatever it is in my humble opinion he should just stick to the guitar um, if the if the flute is being played by another person then what's happening without a doubt is he is politely going along with it, going, yeah, yeah, no, we we do, we sound good together. Well, guess what? You don't. Um, there's a little bit of picky guitar skill, certainly better than what I'm capable of, but it sounds like there's a, um, a Labrador playing the flute. So if you're listening, neighbour, please don't hate me. And also, you're very welcome to give me feedback when I'm strumming and singing a song, which isn't that often, because I mean, I am a bit aware of the noise here. I am a bit aware of the noise. These are thin walls. You probably hear me saying this. So that's going to be awkward. <laughs> 
Anyway, thought I'd ease into this one. Welcome to Stupid Hearts Club, episode 61. I've decided to make this a solo show and a, a little check-in on mental health matters. On For those of you who uh, are patrons and listen via patreon.com forward slash Stupid Hearts Club, which is available to anyone who wants to listen to the show, get occasional bonuses, but also have the joy of helping support me with an approximately £5 a month uh, subscription. Those people have left me a few little messages at my request for stuff that maybe they could ask me or... or uh, cheer that then? I made a sound in there. Or, um, yeah, anyway, so I've asked, is anyone worried about anything? Is anything going on someone someone might need some help with? Or, you know, and I say this, not put, putting myself out there on any level whatsoever as an authority on problems, <clears throat> pardon me, mental health, anything like that. Let's make this clear. If you're listening to this podcast and there's something going on with you that you're worried about, whether it be depression, anxiety, general worries, specific situations, whatever, I refer you wholeheartedly, um, just in the terms of this podcast, to episodes I've done with Katrina Georgiou, especially the first one, where she spells out in excellent detail the broad world of... um, mental health therapy, the therapeutic universe. She does a beautiful job of um, helping us all understand different reasons why people might need help and what they can do about it. What, What I can say is that one little piece of advice that we gleaned from Katrina over the last couple of times we've spoken is that if you are um in a, in a moment or in a, in a phase or in a slump or it's somewhere in your life where things haven't been great and you're starting to wonder whether something needs to be addressed, a really, really, really excellent place to start would be on the Mind website, right? I'm, I'm going to actually Google that while we're talking just to make sure I know where it is. Mind, I think it might be. Yeah, it's mind.org.uk. And that is one example of a, of a real entry point place where you could arrive on the website and find a, um, you know, there's a big button that says get help now. And there's also a button saying information and support. And it's just kind of a very good first port of call for anyone who's never reached out on any level before. The other thing that you could do is literally call your GP and say you feel like you need some sort of, um, you know, conversation about what, what kind of help you might want. And then another thing you can do is phone. This is more like if you feel like you're having a bit of a crisis, but I think it's fine to do it anyway. You can phone 111 the NHS number, and then option two is what takes you through to sort of mental health 
type services where someone will answer and you could just sort of say, hi, uh, I'm just ringing because I don't know where to start um, with um, addressing some issues that I feel like might be going on with my mental health or whatever, right? So I just thought I'd start off saying that because then, you know, I want to be clear that uh, anything that I waffle on about in the next hour or so is not in the context of me being a, in any way a trained professional who knows what he's on about. But I have lots of experience of various mental health um, help, that universe, therapy, you know, been been through all sorts of shit. And I have my own... I'm not. I'm not a bad. You know, as a friend to a person, I would. I would. I would consider myself not a bad person for someone to be able to know they could say something to. And I would um, consider myself as maybe having a, at least some sensible ideas. But anyway, tonight when and I've not. I've not checked. By the way, I haven't. I haven't pre-prepared for this because I think it's better to just react in the moment. I did read a couple of messages as they came in. And I'm not going to be able to do everyone, but I'm just going to randomly look at a few bits and talk about them. Um, but the reason I want to do this is because now and again I do a solo. I'm honest about where I'm at, which I'll do also. And people constantly send me messages saying that this podcast, and also lots of you who listen to Matt Morgan and myself as well, whether it's just through laughing and the humour that we that we all share, or through more honest, open, deep divey, sherry slash oversherry episodes like this one. I know for a fact that there's people who tell me that they genuinely benefit from it. So I want to make sure that uh, I don't ever leave it too long before we have one of these nice kind of like, think of it as a sort of a bit of a, a little group hug for our little stupid Hearts Club community. Uh, the main thing is whether or not I mention the message you've sent or whether I actually say anything useful or whatever is that I do want this to feel like a space for people where they feel like we are just energy-wise getting a little bit of a feeling of support from each other just because I like talking about stuff and if you guys like talking about stuff and you're telling me that you like hearing me processing things and whatever we'll just keep that going so like Try and make that as loose and as vague as I can so that it doesn't, you know, sound like I'm overreaching myself. But I am just responding to the feedback I've already got. And then something about what we're doing here, and this massively includes the relate the relationship is two way, it's you lot and me, right? And and whatever guests we have on. The feedback has just been one of the most joyous things in my life over the last year of people saying keep it coming like hearing you figure stuff out so thanks everyone oh by the way here's here's a question to the floor um i've just sort of rattled on a bit as a little preamble now that i think that's appropriate today because it's a solo episode so i'm just sort of introducing the episode um someone quite graciously i'd think sent me a message the other day via instagram which got straight to the point and said for the love of god stop doing these long introductions to episodes which i took to well which which makes sense when it's when it's a guest um they said that they'd um they'd seen people saying that 
I'm waffling on and I'm just saying stuff that I then go on to repeat. Uh, I think that's actually quite a good bit of um, feedback, but I also want to throw that open to comments. If you think that when I've got a guest on, I should sort of, at the most, set it up in about a minute, say who it is, because I sometimes forget to say who it is, and then crack on into the episode. Would you prefer that? Because I think what I was trying to do by having a rambly waffle before the guest was just sort of give extra time of just stuff. But it, it's absolutely worth bearing in mind that they might be like, hurry up, mate, get to the fucking point. I've tuned in to listen to whoever you're talking to. If that's the case, and, and some of you agree, how would we feel about, um, I can have a little waffle at the end, can't I? Instead of putting it at the beginning, that might be a way of doing that, because some people might like it. Or it might be nice to reflect on the chat that's just been had. So I might try that next time. Um, there is also the chance that I'm being too sensitive to just like one person's opinion, but I was quite proud of myself because I read that message and thought, all right, hang on. Um, all right, you might think that, and someone else might not think that, but then I just thought, no, that's actually... Uh, I was quite proud of myself for being able to go. Nothing wrong with a bit of constructive feedback, especially when the message has got the word love in it, which is rather lovely, isn't it? So, person that sent me that message, not a bad thought, and yeah, I'll think I'll, I'll try that. Please forgive this episode's waffle, because I'm only introducing myself anyway, so if you've got a problem with that, mate, I'll see you on Instagram in the inbox and we can duke it out, yeah? Anyway, let us move on and see what people have got going on and we'll see if I can say anything useful and nourishing and helpful and supportive. Are you ready? Then join me in the therapy bucket. Okay, so the idea to do this episode as um, me responding to stuff that maybe you bring up came from someone sending me a message, which happens probably every week. One or two people have a little share with me, and I love it. I think it's really important, especially from blokes, that we are finding all these little nooks and crannies now in the culture, especially through podcast, where people feel like they can say that then don't feel like they're doing so well and uh, so in this case I'm not going to read the person's name out because it was a private message but in a nutshell a lovely chap sent me a message saying that they have moved to a small village having lived in a bigger city and been there for eight years and then I'm trying to paraphrase it so I don't sort of like give away too much about the person. Been living in Dudley, or like is from Dudley, but the person has said they are now in a small village, probably because I talked about that so much on Matt's podcast and in my own. They probably heard me banging on about going nuts in a small village, and this person is saying that they're really struggling and feeling lonely and. They have, I'm going to talk directly to them. You say you've got um, some Matt Morgan-esque hobbies 
of bushcraft and metal gigs, but they're not really very social, so you're just feeling like you're living, as in, in your words, point to point while trying to fill in the gaps. So, also, I'm gonna I'm gonna straight away say where you said, ah, oh, you'll probably massively regret sending this tomorrow as a message, but you just wondered if I have any advice. Well, you shouldn't regret ever saying, do you know what, I'm not sure if I'm doing all right. So that's gonna be the first thing that I think is, um, I think it's a, a safe, a safe thing to, to say out loud to everyone. Even if it is a stranger or someone like, you know, if that's what's made you think I can say that, if you're not the sort of person who would tell your mate or like that keeps things to yourself or don't want to bother your partner or just whatever, don't you don't you're not sure if it's your uh, world to discuss these types of things, and then you've sent a message. That's like you've done a thing for yourself where you've gone, yeah, I need to say that. So that's really good. So no one who ever sends a message, whether it's to me, which you're very welcome to, all of you, whether it's to me or your mate or to just someone who you've met along the way you think might understand it or you've heard that you've worked with someone and they went through a thing and maybe they'd know and never, ever, ever feel bad or stop yourself from telling someone. So all the stuff I just said about, you know, all these kind of like professional kind of entry points like mind and the doctor and whatever, they are totally relevant to this as well. But when it comes to just that first, is it okay to say this out loud? It's basically letting a thought out of your head, isn't it? You know, so like, I can understand why someone might feel like it's a little bit too much of a, a leap or a statement going, or I'm gonna ring 111 like, I could feel a bit like press, pulling an alarm on a train or something, if you know what I mean. But it isn't. You don't. No one needs to feel bad about that. But it is also okay to think, to start with, you just want to at least acknowledge. I think that's the thing, is acknowledging, not fucking feeling good, not enjoying whatever. I am feeling a bit like this. I am feeling a bit like that. So I obviously don't really know your situation properly, Um lovely person who sent me a message but obviously I can relate to I didn't get on with living in a small village so I can't really comment on that as a as a thing for for anyone generally but what I will say is it turned out personally the environment I was in absolutely needed addressing that doesn't mean it's going to be the same for anyone. You've like, got a problem, move out. It isn't necessarily the answer. But what you have got to work out is what is bugging you. It could be the place. It could be, you know, your situation with work. It could be habits you've got yourself into. It could be like post-pandemic malaise like lots of people have got. Or is it like maybe with a lot of people... It's easy for me to say after 15 years on and off of all sorts of therapy and introspection and feeling like that is a lifelong archaeological dig to get to the core of who I am and like become emotionally aware and um, 
what's the word like literate at um talking about this stuff it's not it's not like instantly there it's just something i i just thought yeah that that feels like a something i should keep working at for like ever and and i now look at it as something that i will do forever in the same way that some people practice yoga or learn an instrument and get gradually better at it i'll do it forever what I, all i can all i can recommend to you is that you start to warm to the idea of going there if you know what i mean and don't worry that it might take ages or it might feel a bit daunting or whatever just like have a little think about embracing the idea that whoever you are and whatever you've got going on we're all a pretty complex multi-layered fucking onion and many many of us lots of us especially men never even get as far as peeling that first layer off to have a look and um it's a big part of why people struggle and why and also why it seems scary and anything they won't do it because it's like opening pandora's box or you know it could feel like it might all be too intense under there all i can say is if you think of it like whatever you've got going on they're very very simple terms it's like a pressure valve right like we we if you bottle things up clearly that's a very good um phrase bottling things up we all know that taking that top off and letting that air out we all, we can all relate to what that is getting at so i would say my only advice to someone who's saying you you're just sort of plodding and you're not feeling great and you're feeling lonely and whatever is is to find a way to 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 start discussing it start talking about it and um maybe give some of your mates or family or anyone who you feel like you can trust the benefit of the doubt that uh you'll find we are now living in an age when not many people are still going to be judgmental or dismissive or whatever and if you if you start talking to someone who doesn't seem like they're comfortable and know what they're doing talking about these types of things that's all right don't let that put you off don't let that make you feel silly someone else will understand so you know just sort of figure out who you think you know even writing down a list of people this is like somewhere where i just started a while back is uh you just have those moments when you're re reviewing who's in your life and what they're good for and just, um, I can recommend just as a general exercise for anyone, think about who is your wolf pack. If when it comes down to it, we all know loads of people, but who would you feel brave enough to say you're not feeling great with, like after the pub when you're back at someone's house and you're just sitting there and you just have a little moment. Get the names of those people written down and think seriously about not worrying about throwing that kind of thing at them because those people you know who will have your back so like start start there i would say but if you're if you are having like a really bad time then the stuff i said at the beginning is is wise you know like don't fuck about if you're not feeling good at all 
Okay, I am going to have a look at another person's message. Daniel James Mead, a very regular listener. And when I say regular, I mean he goes for a poo all the time. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's funny because Daniel's put a very heartfelt message in the Patreon stream. And I'm naming you because you've put the message in the stream. So if you want that to be a secret, you shouldn't have done that. Uh, Daniel says lots of nice things about um, listening to Stupid Hearts Club. Uh, but then he asks a question, which is a good question. Do I have anything that I listen to or read or watch that grounds me? Um, is listening to a podcast with with two people you don't know and thinking you're all kind of internet mates unhealthy? Or what? Thank you. Bye. Um, I'm going to fold this in alongside Neil White, who has asked, what's your comfort TV when feeling low or down? He, uh, Neil says his go-to is either The Office, UK version, or 2.4 Children, brackets, not sure why. I'm sure lots of people do this, but what do you think the reason is? Right, I like this. Two slightly different approaches to a similar question. Um, so, yeah, to make it very clear, the only reason I'm, what's the word, not confident, but tentatively becoming confident of, of accepting that some of you are listening to this going, this is useful, and then me going, okay, then I'll just wang on and hopefully that'll still be useful. Now, I know that that, works because long before I've done any podcasting I definitely found as soon as I started listening to podcasts specifically that there was something about tuning into the the same person a few times and just I think over time you kind of like with with chat podcasts like this you start to get a sense of how the person's brain and soul works a little bit and hearing how different people figure things out is I suppose it's like if if all of us who are listening to this now like we don't sort of really know each other but if we hadn't found each other that's that and then say you suddenly go on holiday and you get sitting next to the beach with someone for a few days it's not sitting next to the beach sitting on the beach next to the person or you go on a job with someone and uh, you've not worked with them before but suddenly there's a thing to do and like over a week or two you have to figure out a load of problems and and you have those little downtime moments and whatever and you can like form a bit of a bond um obviously that's in real life but what i think's incredible about podcast is that by listening in on conversations whether it's with you know someone who's good at this with a guest or them just sort of banging on about how they feel about things is that in a way you are having a version of that those people you got on really well with on holiday, sat by the pool, and we all become a bit reflective. And an aeroplane's another interesting place where that happens, I think. You could be sat next to a stranger on a plane and have a quite a deep chat, don't you think? That'd probably make quite a good podcast, actually. Uh, the Mile High Club, but without the sexy. But yeah, um, so 
what am I what am I thinking here right so back to the kind of the joint question my the podcasts that, that make me feel like I'm in a warm bath and uh, there's something uh, comforting and somehow beneficial about listening to someone even though they're not they have no authority to know any of my problems and what I might be needing, but something nourishing is happening. The the, the, ob- the obvious one to start with, you know, is is uh, Adam Buxton, which I probably don't listen to as much as I used to, but through lockdown, as well as just chatting to Matt and listening to our chats and his chats, uh, Buxton was the first one where I feel like it's the difference between like the chat show world all the years growing up watching things like Jonathan Ross and Parkinson and whatever and you thought that was quite interesting and insightful but there was not one moment of it that ever felt particularly honest so as soon as I started listening to Buxton um, it's just a more intimate thing right so that was the start but since then the person who I love listening to that calms me down and I just say, I don't actually even care what you're talking about, but I know that the way you are going to approach talking about this thing just somehow fucking does it for me and I feel like I learned something from it would be Blind Boy Boat Club, which is uh, a podcast that's out there um, with a guy from a comedy group from years ago a rap comedy hip hop group called Rubber Bandits who had a little bit of kind of like TV success but he has reinvented himself in exactly the image that I am now very openly going to try and emulate in 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 my own humble way this guy's done lots of comedy he's done lots of music um he's he's actually pretty trained up in various aspects of men- mental health but he uses his platform to just muse and talk and whatever. And sometimes he has guests and sometimes he doesn't. But it's always interesting hearing him. And the number one thing that he's got going for him is that he is very good at steering it always back to empathy for, for the world around him. But also telling everyone the huge value and the, the importance of, of empathy for yourself and this is someone sharing his own battles with um, problems with learning at school like dyslexia and autism and stuff like that and not feel, having felt good about himself for many years as, um, growing up in Ireland um, he's very honest about the specifics of the fear that will grip him when he's when he's not feeling good, and he'll, he'll yeah. They, anyone who likes that aspect of listening to this podcast, I have no doubt that you will love Blind Boy. Um, but that's on the kind of literally similar ground to us, right? Uh, recently, I've started listening to Stephen Bartlett as well, CEO dude, Diary of a CEO, and it, and it's interesting because. When lots of people who I would say probably don't listen to lots of interesting niche podcasts, they've all heard of that one because he's like a Dragon's Den guy. And I was a little bit res- resistant because it's like, oh, yeah, tell you what podcast you should listen to. 
those you know famous people who are already making enough money and now they've also got a podcast it's like well yeah yeah maybe that's very good but no you know they don't need my support like I prefer finding the more indie kind of small guys like like your blind boys and whoever but then I listened to a couple of episodes of Diary of a CEO and I'm not sure if I, I like the kind of I'm a successful billionaire you should listen to me model that, that was my barrier going in but in fact you're just listening to someone who's very good at decision making and who is very empathetic and in tune it's, I think it's just nourishing talking to people who you know that's the opposite of uh, without getting political the opposite of an Alan Sugar or, an, or a Donald Trump where it's like here's who you've got to crush and who you've got to shit on to make it in the big world this is someone nailing life but being very honest, very um, emotionally aware, and very uh, vulnerable in in being honest about what struggles he's had, and 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 being empathetic to getting people on who who talk about problems and how to approach them. It's just it is genuinely really good. So, but you know, again, he doesn't need your money. <laughs> so like, let's let's get together and try and get me on his show so then he can give me some of his billions of pounds <laughs> no but he's really good but the the thing I love about this question the bit I love is someone saying um, Neil saying uh, weirdly I don't know why but I, when I'm feeling a bit like you need comfort and he'll stick something like The Office on but 2.4 children brackets don't know why I love that because that's like it's like the subtext there. I'm not knocking 2.4 Children. It's a you know a family studio sitcom that did extremely well, but we all know that it's very very mainstream and a bit bland and a bit tepid. But as much as I hate um, mainstream tepid shit, when I am feeling anxious or down or sorry for myself or a bit lost or a bit lonely or a bit like. I tell you what it is for me it's like I don't like now that's the thought I get I don't like now it might that, that might mean this this stressful few weeks in my own life with what's going on or or like you know missing someone or some like romantic like misery or not losing confidence after some shit dating or work not quite happening but it also just might mean getting a bit overwhelmed with um fucking hell like some of the the dark stuff like someone else has mentioned in the comments like maybe it freaks some people out when we we have a quick chat about ai and that being scary and stuff like that or nuclear war or the war but i sorry if sorry if that triggers anyone if you like but i think it's worth mentioning that um like we all do live in this world where we are being reminded all the time that there is there's dark shit and there's there's existential threats and there's there's the potential for uncertain futures and whatever and um, sometimes that'll just wash over me and I'll just think no don't go there I'm not interested nothing to do with me nothing I control nothing I can control and that's like a really healthy attitude anyway which is like just concentrate on the things that you can look after that's definitely just a, a, a killer kind of um, mental health bit of advice on any level for anyone is if you can make yourself only uh, 
focus on what you can actually do about anything that is literally all you can do it's like worrying about all the stuff that you can't do anything about is a bad idea but it is not that easy you can have a bad uh, a week of bad news I mean the coronavirus is the biggest version of this thing that's ever happened where we couldn't control something and it happened to us all and then soon after that when at the beginning of the Ukraine Russia thing uh, it was like I was genuinely scared for a, a couple of weeks that this lunatic was going to start a nuclear war that was not easy to contain so at a time like that my version of 2.4 children sorry just having a little drink my version of that comfort thing is to go back right I will specifically go on like Britbox the app right the TV streaming app and I will look for old TV shows and films and weirdly I kind of like I like seeing um, I'll give an example there's a Michael Caine film The Fourth Protocol which is enjoyable on so many levels because it's part of it partly because it dated really badly it's got Michael Caine in it but it's got Piers Brosnan in it as the sort of main uh, terrorist sort of baddie guy but he looks like someone out of a, a Burton's catalogue and he drives like a royal blue Ford Escort and yet the film is actually about the Cold War and a huge nuclear threat but it takes place just at a, a sweet spot at the end of the 80s where the whole universe that the film's set in feels like Alan Partridge's universe in a way you know it's like bad anoraks um, saloon cars and uh, you know clothes and you know just I will soak up it being funny like the kind of retro uh, the filter on it that is like the warmth of having watched that film back in 88 and then I get obsessed with the feeling of a certain era so I feel like that when I'm feeling really stressed or anxious I I go looking for things that feel like they're set around between 86 and 89 that's I'm only I'm only really realizing it's that specific as I say it now uh, and that that could be anything it could be like sitcoms on Britbox or like some old version of a drama that I remember that it's all grainy and old and whatever and I think that part of what I'm doing there is I'm just going I want it I want to be back there when it was a bit simpler I want it I want to be 13 or 14 in my bedroom and none of nothing's up to me I've got no responsibilities I've got school the next day I'm in my 80s bedroom with a stripy duvet and uh, Venetian blinds and uh, a picture of a Porsche in a red frame with a, a, a small boxy colour telly in, in my room to watch like you know reruns of reruns repeats we're not in America of the young ones and uh, the comic strip presents and stuff like that and Blackadder and whatever and it's like when I think about that whole cultural universe and time I'll probably even that week listen to like some music from them as well so I'll be like music that I have not thought cool as an adult and then going right I'm going to listen to Terence Trent Darby this week <laughs> because it's like it's transporting you to when you didn't have you would have had stuff you were stressed about 
but none of it was up to you to solve and that's that's a really interesting thing psychologically so that i'd say that's a very different thing from actively feeling like putting a podcast on feels like it's like having the equivalent of, of having a nourishing meal or a a night of pampering where you nourish yourself now this is like almost a kind of well it's escapism isn't it so it's, it's a form a very specific form of escapism and so mine is uh, pr like almost like better if it isn't that great, you know. Like a sort of three out of five film from nineteen eighty seven is like the sweet spot of me feeling like safe. So yeah, I don't know what other people's versions of that are, but that's certainly mine. And I think we can all relate to this one. Um, like when you felt a bit poorly, I'm quite good at eating healthily a lot of the time, even though I'm a bit beery and sausagey at the moment. I, I I shop really healthily, but if I didn't feel well, and I had a bit of a bug or whatever, or I had a cold for a few days, when when you first have that that bit of um, energy where you go right, okay, I'm gonna, I think I'm safe to nip to the supermarket buy some more lemsips and a few supplies. That is peak, like tinned macaroni cheese pot noodle, super noodle, beans with sausages, Finder's crispy pancakes, oven chips, tins of soup time. Like basically it's the same thing. It's like go back in time to when that to when whoever cared for you, in, in my case my mum, would have that's what you would have had. So it's like chicken Kievs and stuff like that. It's just weird. It's like my brain just goes back to there. I think it's quite a sweet thing. Um so I hope that answers that question. Jose, assuming I'm saying that right, is interested in my thoughts on anxiety and how you would or do deal with the preposterousness of being anxious of potential attacks, by which I assume you mean being anxious about the potential of getting anxious which as you correctly say Jose when that happens when you get into that zone what's what's weird is I've been there and you actually will think this is ridiculous whilst you're feeling the fear which is almost something to hang on to hang on a minute this is ridiculous I'm feeling anxious about whether I might get anxious now I'm just anxious. What am I doing? If I can, without, without being flippant, I think if you can like step back when you're not feeling anxious and think that's kind of proof that the anxiety is ridiculous in the first place. It might be that, uh, well, I guess like what you've asked me is what, how would you deal with or, or, or how do I deal with that element of it? I think you can only deal with it by working on your understanding of it while you're not anxious in order that you have then got the tools in place to deal with the moment that comes along where you're feeling anxiety because then what starts to happen instead of just feeling it and going oh my god here are those thoughts and reading them out in your brain like they're the truth what you're ideally hoping for with anxiety is that you slowly learn that that is just a feeling and it's a thing that's happening to your body and to your brain 
and that you are separate from those thoughts and those feelings and that you can start trying to observe when it's happening and then when you start being able to observe that it's happening the bit of you that's observing it has got a little bit of a grip on some handlebars that can say all right you're what's happening now I'll, I'll, I won't I won't trigger Jose by making it about your red will say it's mine so I say I was say I was thinking I'm going to be anxious then I'm thinking oh my god I bet I do get anxious and now I don't want to be anxious because we know how bad that is now I'm anxious about being anxious what I've developed through learning about anxiety and what it is and how it works and being coached through dealing with it with therapists or, or by talking to doctors or by even like going on YouTube and finding like decent videos about anxiety and how it works and reading up on the subject and all that kind of thing is you start to realize that um, you have more control than you think to be able to make a decision to go and do something that is going to give you the space to go and let this thing calm down and to let it pass right so as an example and I you know I'm not going to tell anyone what they should literally be doing but I'll, as you've asked I'll tell you what when I was really in the sh in the thick of it and like not feeling great and really really struggling when I was very ill last year I it was at a level that I'd never experienced before where I was sort of stepping out of the house thinking let's see if I can go for a walk and then I would I would discover that all my instincts were saying this is fucking even this doesn't feel safe you need to li literally run back in the house and hide under the fucking bedclothes which I, I did a few times but I also knew that if I could just get myself out of the house and I used to walk into like the like a playing field opposite where I was like you know with all this lovely countryside around me when I was living in this little village that was uh, at least bloody peaceful when I needed calm so I used to walk around the big field and I used to go at least try and do like a lap of it however slowly because I was not in good shape for like a proper walk and then I go right we're just going to sit on the grass or lie back and we're just going to lie here and breathe look at the sky and just like chill and then sort of like just try and tell myself that um this weird feeling isn't going to be here forever and it's okay that we've needed to stop it's okay that we've needed to just lie there and let this feeling wash over me but like i said even though i was without being flippant i was fucking bananas at that point i did i did still have a voice in my head that under, i do understand what anxiety is so i was like what i was doing there was i was practicing self-care which if anyone takes anything out of this episode go and go and search even even on like bloody instagram or wherever youtube self-care and the other one self-compassion and just look at how those issues are talked about self-care and self-compassion let's put them together as a similar thing being nice to yourself that's how i calmed down it was basically like this is fucked up. Oh my God, what's going to happen to me? I'm a mess. Da, da, da. Anything, pick a thought from your best days are behind you and you're not worth anything to, um, you know, like 
you're unhealthy and something bad's going to happen. I'm like, whatever it is, catastrophizing, being down on myself, being scared. It doesn't matter what it was because that was all like foreign, unwelcome, negative thinking. The good bit is that I was able to go, now, when this is happening, I'm scared, but I know what I need to do. Just like if I was with my son and he was being scared, I know what I have to do. I have to be nice to him. I have to calm him down. I have to show him that it's safe, that it's gentle, and that I'm here to look after him and that it's okay. As mad as it might sound to people who've not thought about this before, you need to learn that you can do that for yourself. When you feel edgy, anxious, worried, depressed, all the way up to the really dark stuff, like really struggling, suicidal, all the rest of it, if you can start incorporating your own voice into the equation that's separate from that negative voice to say, hey, like it's almost like there's two of you. I always talk to myself, not in a um, in the way that it's described, um, used in in a, in the gender kind of context, but they, you you know, thinking of yourself as the, uh, us instead of me is a really interesting thing. So like I even like like I've been in fairly decent form the last few weeks but I've had a few dodgy days after a couple of little disputes or this and that or, if, or money worries or whatever and when I'm feeling myself getting freaked out I can I, what I'll say to myself literally out loud is hey come on I've you know like we we're, we're um we're freaking out here we're worrying a bit and I'm going to just chill us out we're going to be okay. Um, effectively, what I'm saying to myself is, I'm here, real me, capable, grown-up, strong, resilient, understands mental health, knows that everything's going to be all right, universally fucking strong core of me, is here looking after scared, panicking, current, what the fuck's going on me, like so and if what you're saying to yourself is this isn't real and also you're not alone panicky you is not a real single person you are more than just what's happening in that in that moment so i will give myself a little pep talk and go all right come on let's go for a walk it's interesting it's not i think i will go for a walk it's let's go for a walk it's like i'm saying to little little me i'm going to take you for a walk and you're going to be okay cuz i'm going to look after you now I've heard I've heard this talked about as a thing called reparenting. Um, I'm not going to go too specifically into that. There is a person that I did a lot of learning from on just an Instagram account. The person called the holistic psychologist. But different people have got different opinions on when you talk about specific people like that. And I don't think it's wise for me to sort of. Um, sell anyone as a as a as a magic answer but certainly I'm not a fucking magic answer either but but anyway there's there's the ter there's terminology out there now around the idea of self-care if you go off and find you know there are all sorts of people writing books or blogs or having instagram accounts about those types of thing sort of this idea of uh looking after yourself holistically is is an interesting world anyway which is like not just therapy but looking after yourself spiritually physically nutritionally you know 
broadening it out in a moment when you're not feeling freaked out. If you can do some reading about self-compassion and self-care and, and you know, within the context of anxiety, you will start to receive information that your brain actually goes, oh, fuck, yeah, that makes sense, actually. You know, when you start when you start realising that what's going on with you when stuff like that happens is that just, like, a reaction has just happened in your body and, like, a thing is just currently happening, just the same as the way a cat would run under a car when you walk past. It's like a little bit of lightning goes through your body. That's got nothing to do with what's actually happening in the world and, like, there's a real danger or there's, there's an insurmountable problem or that the version of the fear of the future that you've got in your head is real. It's like it's bollocks. You can't fucking... You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know, you know, what whatever your brain's telling you is worth worrying about. What you can almost guarantee is it's probably not... Probably not as bad as you are feeling it might be. So once you sort of get on board with that and start saying, this is something that's physically happening, this is the equivalent of, like, the... Uh, the water temperature and the and the gauge in your car and the, on the dashboard, it goes up into the fucking red like the car's gonna blow, and it's like, well, you as a motorist know that you can go right. The car's overheating, you need to pull over and let it cool down, not just drive around going, oh god, why why is that like that and letting it blow up. So, I think the sort of clumsy message I'm trying to get across is that you can learn that there's things you can do when you feel like that and that even though that might feel weird when you've not done that before over time, over practice the same as like stretching or fucking anything you will learn that those little techniques genuinely do help you now that's like in the moment, right? the other side of it is what should we be doing to reduce the chance of us getting to that state in the first place and that's when you get into uh, all the boring but very very important advice that we're all beating ourselves up about the one where we sleep enough exercise enough eat loads of nutrition brilliant you know like healthy food don't um, you know physical exercise um, and having a, an outlet for for um stuff that makes you happy and all those like kind of like five six points that that generally like raise people's happiness there's loads of information about there and all that but i think that's slightly different from you could be like so let's say you're doing all those things that you should be doing but then you suddenly get anxious it's kind of like not going to get you out of it to go well tomorrow i'm going to have an egg white omelet and some spinach so why am i being anxious you probably just be hard on yourself the, the compassion bit and the, and the learning little tricks to calm yourself down becomes really, really important because it's like, that's a different sort of timeline, isn't it? You can have loads of good habits and a lifestyle that will raise the chances of you being happy and rested and energetic and whatever, but I still think you need... Um, I still think it pays to, to teach yourself, to educate yourself about the worlds of anxiety self-care self-compassion tools that are good for anxiety all of that go and you know learn about it the same way that it's a little bit like i don't think we do this anymore do we but when i first started driving because i'm fucking old when i first started driving 
every, you got taught how to do your, your oil, your air filter, basic stuff like changing a distributor, changing your tires, like because cars were a bit shitter, topping up your brake fluid, your radiator, all that. You basically were told, know how to do this stuff, and that will stop you being fucked when there's a little, suddenly the gasket blows or the radiator leaks or like whatever. With our brains and our bodies, I feel like it's the same thing. Like um, looking after the car is one thing. That'll that you know like that'll that'll keep it running healthily for years, but knowing how to do maintenance is also it's a different part of it, but it's really important. So yeah, uh, don't feel silly look, looking for the you know don't feel silly going and looking for these terms like. Self-love, self-care, it all relates to, it's such a cliche, like, it's been, it's been in, in stories and in films and in, in especially rom-coms, years and years and years, that thing of like, I couldn't love you until I loved myself, and it's like, it's such a cliche that you'd almost just sort of like, just walk past it without looking, but that, it, it bears... It, it's really important to stop and think, what does that actually mean? A load of fucking thinking and work that means that you actually really, really genuinely have got your own back and you like yourself as a person and that you've got, that you're like committed to saying, I'm going to look after you. I'm not going to let people be nasty to us. I'm not going to let people take the piss. I'm not going to let us um, be too unhealthy. I'm not going to let us screw up that opportunity. I'm not going to let us um generally live in a cycle that makes us feel crap it's like i'm going to help us get out of that that's self care and i would credit that being the number one thing that i changed in the last yeah year where i truly went right that's really fucking important that and the maintenance the calming down you know the um understanding that I'm not my thoughts all of that but yeah the number one thing was like the self-compassion bit not being hard on yourself don't be mean to yourself don't get angry at yourself and say oh, I'm fucking I've done it wrong again I'm a twat I'm a cunt you know and men especially talk to themselves like that all the time yeah well I'm a fucking cunt and so I did that again but it's like no no that voice has come from somewhere else you need to fucking shut that voice up and say, I am looking after us. We we belong here being happy and fucking feeling good and like however many mistakes you make in your life, you always want like that one fucking good person or teacher or someone that we've all had in our life at some point who was like making sure that you didn't feel fucking bad about yourself. It's super, super important. So, yeah, that is my little rant on that subject. I realise it's not like, you know, it's not like a proper questions and an answers sort of agony ant session, but I can't stress enough how much being nice to yourself is a very, very big step to learning stuff that will help you deal with anxiety and depression and all that sort of shit that all of us have to deal with. I'm going to choose Javier Carroll's message and the reason I'm going to choose it is because it's an interesting subject. It's not a big, big subject for me, 
but I've just noticed that um, Javier has said that he's 19 I can't believe that anyone who's 19 would listen to me fucking farting on with myself but the advantage of being however old I am which is over 30 is that um, you've been 19 and even though it's different in every era you also know it's a good bit about getting old as you know how much pressure you put on yourself for various reasons at different times in your life and you go through these eras slowly realising that usually you've had a different version of being worried about something or over over analysing or being like like we've just been discussing 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 uh, you could be being like too hard on yourself about various things so here's what Javier says wants to asks how it just says how to handle alcohol use I'm 19 and at uni I've made the choice to stop drinking and I'm a few months into this process the problem is that a lot of the fun of uni is the drinking and going out culture should I just drink at uni or limit it to once a week the reason I don't drink is because I get terrible hangovers and the effect on my mental health is just not worth it maybe for some people hangovers are less of a factor but they highly affect my mood so this almost quite straightforward not that alcohol is a straightforward subject certainly isn't and I certainly am not someone that uh, could be gone to for advice about how to deal with you know subjects like addiction and stuff like that right on a, on a serious level but what I take from this message is that you've already said yourself what your reasons are for why you're being careful and what the bit that I can remember being 19 and took me a long time to realize it is just giving yourself permission like you you're already you already know that that's what you that's what you want to do that's how you feel at the moment it's fine if you don't want to drink if, if it, it you've worked out that it ain't worth it and you just don't feel like that it's fine it's like the bit that you maybe are worrying about there is uh, what are what are other people thinking or like you know uh, a lot of the fun is from that so should I just be drinking like certainly what you don't want to do ever is be drinking or doing anything any kind of fun any kind of debauched fun drugs sex fucking rock and roll booze whatever it is don't do anything because you think other people think well, why is he not doing that? It's fucking none of their business. And if anyone ever questions it and makes you feel bad about it, then frankly they are they might only be having fun, but they are either being a bit careless or they're being a prick. You all you've got to do is say, Yeah, it doesn't really work for me that, so I don't really do that and that's it. It's just about knowing your fucking you you get to decide what you do and don't do. That's all it is, it's what's the word? Agency. You know, now there's a, a shouting fight outside my window. I think they were on scooters because that was over quite quickly, wasn't it? So yeah, basically, booze. Personally, I was uh, grew up in a pub, so by the time I was eighteen, I had seen a lot of people being very boozy, and it was all 
quite good fun quite a, quite a lively little pub in Manchester in Shortland called the Bowling Green which was a very good locals pub at the time so booze, boozy culture was a big part of my life not necessarily through students but then you know my mum and stepdad had uh, then left that pub and opened a bar in Spain and I'd go out there and I'd work behind the bar with my little ponytail my wooden beads and my tan and I'd go out and um, like some sort of fucking gland on legs would be trying to pull birds as we as we called it at the time and notch up my snogs for the summer to compete with my mates and all this sort of bullshit and, and it was a lot of fun but I also look back and I just think Christ I was so deeply um, insecure and so deeply in a in a in a period of wanting to project a certain thing or to look like you could be successful in that way or to try and prove something to your mates about how much you could drink how many girls liked you how funny you were the whole pissing contest of being that age especially for lads it's just fucking ridiculous and that's before we get anywhere near the toxic level of like all this kind of mad fucking bro shit you get with like all these Andrew Tate um, videos and like his that culture around him which is like a grotesque um, extension of what, what started coming out from these pickup artist books a few years ago which I confess I read a couple of and thought were funny but uh, even back then I'm glad to say we've got enough kind of like sensible actually decent mates that we would sort of take the piss out of that whilst also being kind of intrigued by it but it soon became very clear that most women were looking at looking at that thing just thinking that is fucking pathetic have you heard this shit and now here we are like 15 20 years later and we've got incel culture and we've got Andrew Tate and all that and at the heart of it is just how many people who fall into being into all that shit would do well just to take the advice of just not fucking putting pressure on yourself to have to fit in and to have to um, be a certain way or have a certain success level or look a certain way or treat women a certain way or drink a certain amount it's this mad expectation of like what's my identity supposed to be and how do I project this fucking like alpha energy it's like fucking bollocks it you know actually goes back to what I was saying before if you do the thing I'm working on making sure that you're just good to yourself and you like yourself and you're not hard on yourself you will then not end up having this nonsense bravado um outward kind of defensive aggressive trying to prove yourself bullshit fucking outfit that you put on in order to get by it's a pretty normal thing to go through as a young person it's like everyone's trying to figure out their, their identity between sort of like mid-teenage years maybe up till like through your 20s and then it starts to be a bit like now you've got to deal with everyone around you starting to grow up and settle down and like everyone gets scared of that but the bit in the yeah, between 15 and sort of 30, it's like, which fucking T-shirt should I be wearing to be in the right fucking, you know, do I also need to be wearing 
Crocs with fucking badges on them and should I fucking shave my hair off and how do I feel about my sexuality and you know where where do I fit into this whole fluid thing and like to be young at the moment is to really be amongst a bunch of people who are saying all bets are off fuck knows what any of us are let's let's all explore it all and like as as an older person there's like almost two ways of looking at that which is I'm kind of like really fucking j- j- a bit jealous and super impressed at a bunch of people saying we can all be whatever we want. I think that's kind of amazing. But I also slightly worry that there might be alongside that a little bit that that almost becomes in itself kind of like we're all completely undefined. Are you one of us or not? So then in a way, it's almost like it becomes a tribe anyway. It's almost impossible for uh, people between 15 and bloody 30 um following the uh the wind of what's what what their kind of like culture and their fashions and their music and their attitudes are it's almost impossible not to to have to figure out where you fit in on that and that's fucking annoying you can't just be literally an individual where you're like well I'm not really thinking about it I'm just concentrating on tending my own garden and trying to like get on as a person so you know, on that score, I think what I'm, if I'm concluding anything here, it's that um, it is quite hard being young. So just be fucking nice to yourself and keep reminding yourself. Do you know what? I'm young. Fuck knows. I'm not supposed to know all this stuff yet. There's plenty of time to figure it all out. All I've got to be is not ever be like, oh my god, is it okay if I'm this person, that person, not this person? Don't let anybody kind of banter you or shame you or take the piss out of you in a way that then makes you behave not like you want to behave. Because um, that, I don't think it is a gender thing that girls do it to each other as much as boys do and, and everyone in between, right? But certainly boys, this idea of uh, having to like save face and all that, I'll tell you now, if, you know, and this, I'm only putting this in the context for myself of if I could tell something to myself when I was younger, when I thought I was trying to impress girls, and I, re- I look back and I fucking cringe at how often me showing off trying to impress a girl was in fact me trying to be an absolute weapon because my mates would laugh and then everyone would be laughing and be like, oh, he's crackers. We all fancy you now. No, they fucking didn't because I didn't have a fucking clue who I was or how to be authentic and then you get you get older and then you can just be a bit more like on a level and sort of get to know who you are and not be insecure and then suddenly you find that it's easier to talk to people and you know not feel like you have to impress anyone and then that'll make you more attractive only took me fucking 49 years to work that one out thanks for that everyone But yeah, as for booze, uh, it's very personal, isn't it? Some people want to eat meat, some people don't. Some people can drink like a fucking fish and it can be a part of their personality in quite a big way, but without it ever even becoming a problem. Other people have really got to watch it because it's like they can be on a slippery slope. It's fucking personal. Don't worry about anyone else. Okay, guys. Um, right, I'm going to... I'm going to deal with Bonnie Foster's lovely comment on Patreon. Um, 
just the bit, uh, Bonnie, where um, I'm going to start in the middle in a way because I've, I've, I've talked about a bunch of stuff already. But you've you've said, Bonnie, that getting older makes you less bothered about other people's opinions, etc. But that your inner voice can still be in there in the background, fucking working away like a fucker. But that that's uh, interesting because, like, so what we were saying before, uh, I think that that plays into that there, where if you can do some work that means that you know what to do with that bitchy little voice and that that bitchy little voice is not you, then it will lose power over time, you know, like over, with practice. I've got to admit, and this leads on to your second bit where you've said you found that walking, yoga and meditation are the best way to clear your head and sleep is also so important. How am I? You've asked how am I feeling at the moment, which is very kind of you. And what do I currently do to support my mental health? So I want to go back to like the bit where I'm talking, you know, just to recap on what I said about doing all this work to have tools in place to deal with mental health moments. That feels like something that has been a huge shift in my ability to just cope with life after I had this fucking massive depression and breakdown last year. As I've as I've come out of it, and now we're we're sort of um, almost a year out of me being truly bananas. Probably was still pretty slow until around Christmas. Then I do the move and I move to Brighton. But the other things that I've done in between are learning all the stuff we were talking about, like the the sort of tools and the recognizing and the observing and the separating myself from my thoughts. But then also, it was about changing. It was about changing fundamentally what I would allow in my life in terms of people pissing me around, being unfair, being abusive, um, or just like not being happy, hating your job, hating where you live. Just look at all the things that um, this is not good enough, and then realizing that it really is not good enough and that I deserve better was huge. Now, I can't tell you how to do that. That feels like the sort of thing that you discuss with a therapist and slowly work out, you know, why were you, why was I, I thought I was really cocky and confident and in charge of how my life's going, but it actually turned out that I had to learn over two or three years that I had weak spots, and I don't mean that as an insult, I had... I had traits in my personality to do with people pleasing that meant that I was almost always bending myself out of shape in a way that meant that I am not living the life I want, whether that be, and I'm not going to get into this, but whether that be as a, as a parent, as a, as a, as a, as someone in a relationship with someone, as a, as someone dating, as someone socially like who you want to be spending your time with and who you don't when you want to go out and when you don't what kind of work you'll do the terms on which you'll do that work how much stuff you'll do when people say ah oh, this is you know uh will you do this for me and you haven't really got the energy and then you do it and then so all that you know about um in another episode about asking yourself does something nourish you or deplete you before you do it which i think came in and that um a chat with matt morgan on his that plays into that. Um, 
there's no quick way of sort of saying this, but you need to figure out, everyone needs, in my opinion, everyone needs to figure out uh, why they why they are running the system that they are running in terms of the life you live in. And I highly recommend spending, you might not be able to do it right now, we're all a bit skint, but make it a promise to yourself that you will, if you like, process the kind of, the story of who you are, how you've got to where you are, who who in your life may have, helped form those ideas in your head and those opinions and that kind of idea of who yourself is it's really interesting once you realize that yourself isn't like totally fixed you can keep learning about it and adding to it and things that you thought well that's just the way I am can turn out to be things that if you learn a new habit then that other not very useful thing can go away so long story short I never thought that I would be someone who could set boundaries and say, I'm not happy with that actually, in a respectful way I might add. Um, I'm willing to do this, but I'm not willing to do that. Basically just having my own back. I And when I first started having to do that with specific people in my life, it was so uncomfortable and so scary that it made me feel sick. But then what happened very soon afterwards was you st- it started to get little results so things were now starting to go a bit differently and then what starts happening is you start going oh fucking hell someone's just actually respected my boundary so now you're getting respect and not only are you getting respect from the person who's respecting your boundary but your respect for yourself goes up about 10 times more than that person I mean that person probably doesn't really respect you they want to try it on and take the piss but because you've gone, no, well, I'm not going to do that. You now are like, oh my God, sexy. I didn't know you had this in you. And so this this baseline of self-esteem starts fucking rising. So this is something that nobody could have told me a year ago that I would be walking around, right, a year on. Definitely knew I was going to like change some things. And let me tell you, I am nowhere near solving all my problems never more than fucking five weeks away from being genuinely skint at the moment but I'm, I'm hustling but my self-respect is in a different place not just from being anxious last year or being ill or having a bout of depression for a few months the work that I did to raise my self-esteem and put boundaries in place and look after myself and be nice to myself that's like a long fucking project it's like I've built a new fucking city around myself that is you know the better version of of, um, wanting to live the life that you want to live so to ask to answer Bonnie's question like what are my tactics at the moment to support my mental health I mean I'm going to completely agree with Bonnie saying to anyone out there exercise whether it's running walking cycling swimming whatever it is box fit fucking gym Whatever it is, is always going to be good. But yeah, specifically for me, walking, yoga, meditation that that Bonnie mentions are massively beneficial. But if I'm honest, in the last, say, four or five months, I've not really done much of that. I've done plenty of walking, but I've I've not 
been feeling an anxious enough that I've really needed yoga or meditation as a calm down, it's going to be okay tool. But if I was feeling anxious, I would totally, that would be like number one thing that needs to be added as well as the sleep, as you say. But when you think about it, the reason I've not needed, quote unquote, to do yoga and meditation in the last few months is because I did some things that made my life fucking loads better mentally. I moved somewhere, it's working out, I've got more friends here, I'm excited, I love where I am, I feel like I've got my own back, I feel like I'm not scared of the problems I've got to solve in terms of finding my way forward with work and whatever. Still a bit lost with what the actual answer is, but I'm now like, fucking, instead of hiding in the fucking bushes somewhere with my sword, I'm like chopping my way through the jungle going, right, come on, I know the answer's here somewhere, fucking bring it on. So it doesn't feel like I'm doing anything to currently support my mental health. But what it does feel like is that I did a bunch of work and a bunch of things that were so inherently and fundamentally good for me as a person that it's fucking changed how I feel about my life and myself. Therefore, my mental health is, is um, way better than it has been regardless of last year like I mean like for years it honestly you know I could still have a bad day but now I feel like a little drink here hang on a situational problem can come up and I'll get frustrated immediately or I'll get pissed off I've had a couple of little run-ins with people or a few worries and money not coming in or a bank statement fucking scaring me or whatever I can still have that doom moment but it's like, once I deal with it using the tools, then I'm like, wait a minute, we're back to, uh, I'm actually reasonably fucking proud of myself at the moment. And I'm not saying that, thinking that it's that important that it's me that we're talking about. I'm just saying it's really interesting to go through really like serious low last year. And it was like, that was the signal to go, you've really got to take seriously living the life that you want to live, not the life you don't want to live. And I can honestly say, I wouldn't want anyone to have to go through a real major depressive episode, but I feel like I touched the fucking floor and I've come back up and I'm like, never again will I let myself be compromised in so many ways that, that it can make me that mentally ill. So that that's where the confidence to have your back has come from for me um, and it all starts like I said with really take seriously what self-care and self-compassion and self-love is because only you can have your own back really when it comes down to it and uh, once once you get that little spark that little spring in your step from feeling like I don't not like myself then it becomes infectious and people fucking love having you around and um I just like, I'm chatty to the guy in the coffee shop or, um, who you know, the dentist or fucking whoever. Like, you just have nice little interactions. You are suddenly now being a more social creature. And part of it is because you are feeling good in yourself and it's kind of just nice to be nice. So, funnily enough, someone had asked me about social anxiety and I've never really suffered from that because I'm a gobshite. But... Colin, who's mentioned that, that, that may play into what you've asked. 
Um, I don't have specific tips for social anxiety, but surely the more good you can feel about yourself, then the less trepidation you'll have about other people. I don't know. Could be bollocks, that. So listen, everyone. I know there's a couple more questions, but I've got to go to bed now. Sort of nearly midnight over here. So I'm I'm going to... I'll come back to this, right? And I will... I'll have a look at anything I've missed. I'm not I'm not answering all of it though. I'm not I don't do I don't do uh at this point in my life. I don't do uh ex-partner slash parenting talk. But I fully appreciate the person who said that Um, being a step parent and all that, I said a deep old world. It's a very interesting subject. It'd be interesting to talk to someone about that actually. But uh, whoever you are and whatever you're going through, whatever the challenges are that are in your life, all I can say to you is you're welcome here. I hope that we all feel like we get something out of all being in this little community of everyone sharing this stuff. Everyone is going through stuff. Do not keep it to yourself. Do not feel shy. Do not suffer on your own. Together, we will, uh, you know, lighten the load, share the burden, just by talking and sharing our understanding and love and compassion. And So do that, but also, number one, be nice to yourself, guys. Guys and gals, no, don't say that. Oh, don't end on a saddle. Sorry. Remember, if you love the show in a deep and probably unhealthy way, you can help support it on an ongoing and stalky basis on patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club. Uh, your choice. See you soon, you internet weirdos. I'm, I'm one.